Morning, everybody, and welcome to today's Q&A. <laughs> At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Which basically um, focuses on the fact they called the bailiffs in. <laughs> I notice how if I put a video up that sort of says, here's some help with moving a pallet. Here's an interesting way to book a job. Gets about three, four hundred job reviews. I do a video on they've called the bailiffs on me, one and a half thousand views. <laughs> so misery sells them. <laughs> In fairness, it wasn't. It's one of those kind of click. I suppose you could call it a clickbait title. I didn't really well. I was aware of the fact that when I put it up, it might go that way. But it just it, it, it is what it is. They did call the bailiffs on me, and my wife is still frowning at me. Fortunately, the um, the letter went to the. Um, the house next door because geese didn't know where we were going so the lady brought it across and so they never actually got the big geezer knocking on the door going you owe us dough but um yeah we just paid it i've just got to get on top of parking fines but anyway we'll come to that before we go on to that just i'd like to say um uh, good luck to recently passed lady driver who's new to the channel and she seemed to join i've I, I wrote your comments down i can't find them sometimes if i reply to a comment it disappears I very rarely reply. I do most of my replies on the Sunday Q&A. Then I can do it personally. Everyone can hear it. And it just, I just do. It's easier. So I can do it in one fell swoop rather than trying to have to do it like piecemeal, like, you know. Um, but, yeah, so good luck moving forward um, with doing the curtains and all that kind of stuff. It's not that scary. And a good, good thing to do is just to say to people, I wonder if you, just be honest. I wonder if you can help me. I've got to be honest. I've only been doing this all week. I don't really know what I'm doing. People are very nice and they're very, they're, they're happy to help. As long as you throw yourself on the sword, I, I always say that's what my father in law taught me that. You're opening line. I wonder if you can help me. I would say 99 times out, or 98 times out of 100, it's instantly got people to help me. So good call and good luck. Right, so the bailiffs. <laughs> A bit of a shocker, wasn't it, really? And a very expensive, I think it was a parking fine, which obviously was £65, that then doubled to £130 that I thought I'd paid, and I thought Al had paid, and Al thought I'd paid, and the next thing I know, there's a there's a letter going, pay now, or we're going to take your telly. And that wasn't pleasant. Um, 
Oh, also, because it did tie in with um, Camo Courier stuff like that. It's Camo Courier says, thanks very much for the video. Appreciate explaining what happened. No, no problem, mate. This is what we do. You've got a question, you've got a query, or you put something in the comments, and I think, oh, I think everybody should know about that. So that's what we do. Uh, Shane Hardy says, easy dumpy. Just remember, next time, pay it early so you can save yourself a few quid. Yeah, it's all getting systems in place. I now know I do the mechanics. I'm going to be up there. We've got um, MX61s coming down from Coventry. That needs its 10-week inspection today. Um, yeah, anything to do with mechanics? Uh, oh, Harry has a tendency to ring me on Friday afternoons to say, uh, we need a new tyre. Uh, like, Harry, it would be really helpful if you ring me in the middle of the week to tell me so I could arrange it for Saturdays. As it is, we've got spare tyres. I've got a guy organised, so I'm on that bit. Everything, you know, and, and parking fines is now me. The letter comes in, I open it, I pay it, job done. Uh, Tony, four eight. A lot of, I'm getting a lot, of, a lot of droids here. I think it might be the new way of the way, but we're just going to call you Tony. You know, they, it, it's Tony four eight two zero. Chris, exclamation mark two one six zero. I'm just going to get you by front name because you know we ain't Star Wars. Um, Tony says, mate, the Dartford crossing trade slapping a fine on me even after I paid it. Only the proof of the receipt made them accept it was an error. Keep your receipts, people. Um, that's very rare, Tony. He was unlucky with that one. The auto-pay works very well. But, um, yeah, quite right. Um, uh, C11, yes. Ian. Oh, sorry, I'm going to call you Ian. Um, the dramas I've had with PCNs and London fines, honestly, you'd never believe TFL own... TFO, TFL's own website state it won't give you a CCJ and it won't affect your credit rating. Definitely worth a video on that. Yeah, I should write this down as usual. I forgot my pen. Um, that's from CDER Group. They are the worst. So, yeah, we're trying. We, we want to drill into this a bit more. Anybody else has got anything on it? Maybe we'll make our own video. I'm going to get a pen. Got it. While we're at it, also... Um, Stay tuned because there's an interesting Godzilla's at the end. As always, the mine of information. Um, yeah, something worth sticking around for. Uh, Chris says another remedy is to set up accounts with a TFL Dart Charge, Mersey Tunnel, etc. No more worries. Um, as user, um, that's just a droid's name. You do nothing with that. Users O A W. That's a that's a password. That's not a name. I don't know what's going on with these guys. Um, it's a good thing to set up um, an automatic charge on the TFL website so you don't forget and sure or not sure if you're in the congestion zone or not, it's charged automatically. Um, and the main end guy says the easy way to solve the zone charge is a bridge charge, um, potential cost, delivery, etc. Uh, potential cost with the option. I think he said, um, yeah, I'm not quite sure the last bit, but yeah, he said a lot of people have said set it up. Um, I have set it up. I've set it up for the Dartford Crossing, and I have set it up for London. The difficulty, of course, is the fact that if you go into London in a non-compliant truck, you still get fined. If I go into London in my truck, and I did, if I go into the LEZ and I didn't even know about it, I get um, a £100 comes out, which is a lot better than then four, two or three weeks later getting a £500 fine. This wasn't to do with that. And I'm, well, I haven't got Mersey Tunnel set up because we're so far away from the Mersey Tunnel, we very rarely get there. But what I also find frustrating about the emissions thing, which we'll come on to again later because we're still talking about it, is the fact that you can't auto-pay emissions. You can't set yourself up. So if you had... We, um, it was lucky. Al rang me and I said, how are we doing? He said, yeah, yeah, it's fine. So I'm just trying to get um, John out of Portsmouth. Uh, not out of Portsmouth, out of Bristol. I went, oh, okay. 
uh, where was he? He, said, well, he was in Bristol all day yesterday. I went, was he in the centre? He said, yeah, I think so. He said, you know that's home now. He said, when did that start? That's the beginning of the week. So that's another 100 quid. But fortunately, we pay that. Otherwise, we'd have got the fine. I don't know what the fine is for um, Bristol at the moment for a truck. I know to go in is £100. What's the fine going to be? 150 200 He said he paid it. We'll see. <laughs> Either that or I'm going to get something I've got to pay. But yeah, I set myself up on everything I possibly can. But certain things like the emission zone, like um, Birmingham. I wish Birmingham was in there all the time. I wish it just you went in and it just took the 50 quid. Bing. Rather than having to do these things, make sure you get them and pay an extra. But a lot of the emission zones don't. It's just congestion. LEZ does, London does, the others don't, and I don't know why not. Perhaps it's because they know that if you send a truck in and they forget, they get more money. Hmm, cynical. Cynical or truthful? You decide. Uh, Harbour Woodland Visitor says, um, the London's own and all others are nothing more than a scam that it takes your money and you can get a bit, and you... Get bit in many other ways if you forget to pay for what while inside. It's nothing to do with the environment, it's just a stealth tax that councils um, can make huge. But yeah, well, this is something we've got going on at the moment. So the petition's out there, as I'm sure you all know. I'll do you a link to my website. If you click on the link, and there's a bit at the top of my website, it says sign petition. Sign petition. We're up to oh, getting off 160 odd, which is not bad, bearing in mind it's only been going a couple of weeks. It's going to slow down a bit now because everyone who signed it has signed it. If you know someone who's affected by this own thing, it's all I've got at the moment. I'd like to do more, but it's all I've got at the moment because, you know, time is of the essence, you know. But it doesn't hurt to just do two clicks, sign a petition and go, yeah, I don't agree with this. We'll see where it goes. It'll probably go, it may go nowhere, but I know if I do nothing, it will definitely go nowhere. If I do something, it might go somewhere. We'll do what we can. Um... I better put that in as well. Uh, replay says, "Be wary of sneaky jobs that are on the edge of congestion zone, but have to go through the congestion zone to get to it." Yeah, we had that before. That we had. Um, excuse me. We had a job picked up. I don't know. It's safe for sake of argument. It was Nottingham, and the guy said it was going to Watford. And then the, the, the driver, we didn't check it. The driver came through. We picked it up. It wasn't going to Watford. It was going to Kilburn. And we rang the geezer up and we went, this isn't Watford, this is Kilburn. And the same thing. No, it's not the same thing. Well, it's only, it's only like 10 miles apart. Yes. One being outside of the zone, one being inside of the zone. So one, this was back in the day, that cost 100 quid to drop it in. What we had to do in the end, we had to take it to Dunstable, swap it over onto another vehicle and get, get one of my mates who's got Euro 6s to drive it in. And that's the shipper problem. That's when you ring up and you go, no, it's not. You put the extra money on this job or we're not delivering it. Because you can't do that. You can't. It's like saying this guy to Portsmouth and it comes from it's the Isle of Wight. Yeah, they're only 12, 10 miles apart. Yeah, but one involves a ferry. <laughs> so, yeah, but, but uh, we're going to put that one down to idiot shipper. Um, white man in advances. I can't remember anything. And yeah, so I can't remember anything and got a few fines when I was in the old van. Worked out it's cheaper for me to pay the extra for a Euro 6 where I don't have to worry about the charges and play Russian roulette with my memory. And he's got a point here, and this is exactly the problem with this environmental thing and his own thing. People that I bet you probably had a Euro 5 van that was perfectly fine, that was putting out very low emissions, and instead you've trashed it 
and had to go and spent a load of money and also built up a load of carbon buying a brand new van that was totally unnecessary just so you could pay £12.50 fines. It's all counterproductive and it's frustrating me, as I'm sure you guys already know. Uh, and finally, on concealers, this is the bit that I said is worth hanging on for. He said, if you get anything with a penalty charge notice, it's private. It's an invoice, not a fine. Council state, sorry, if you get anything, start that again. If you get anything with a parking charge notice, it's an invoice, not a fine. Council state penalty charge notice. The, the, no penalty, not parking. I wouldn't recommend binning or ignoring for the rest of your life the ones with parking written on it. I just do that. <laughs> Penalty, however, is the councils and they have the resources and the inclination to chase you to the ends of the earth, increasing your bill wherever they can. So cough up at the first instance. If you feel hard done by, complain, but pay first and moan second. So that's very good advice. I know with the parking, I ignored one of them. And I forget why. I think it was 10 minutes over something. I thought I'm not, but it was like someone had pulled in uh, lay by and it was 10 minutes. And I ignored it and ignored it and ignored it and ignored it. And eventually it went away. But I got a letter on, letter on, letter on, letter on, letter, which took my time. And in the end, I went, I wish I just paid this. It was 30 quid. I, thought, I wish I just paid it. It just made it go away. But he has got a point there are, that you can ignore a parking charge notices and theoretically they have no legal jurisdiction but that's not actually true because there was a, there was a case of Beavis versus Parking Eye who took the they took him to court and, they, and at the end the judge found that he had to pay so chances are you could be unlucky and if you're the guy that ends up going to court then um, it's going to cost you a lot of money having said that it's probably a one in a thousand that they are going to take you to court and also there is a thing on the website on if you if you google this and it says that what you do is you ignore them and ignore them and ignore them until if you get something and then you appeal it because you don't talk to them if once you start to talk to them they've got a teeth injury then you appeal it and you can say this is undue or i wasn't here or that uh, i did get off one once and i did i just when i was in a luton i parked in uh you know my services I, I got up early i woke up early and i had to go somewhere so i drove there and i was tired but I was back, so i stopped in the service i, I honestly didn't know this at the time and i had a kit for about two and a half hours and then i pulled out and then i realized afterwards when i got the fine that um you're only allowed there for two hours i've been there for two hours 20 minutes so i, I emailed them i said look I, I didn't know i was tired um but can you show me actual signs of the you know around the park the car park which I didn't see I'm just I'm sure, I said to them the email I'm sure they're there I didn't see them and also can you show me a better photo of the number plate because the photo of the number plate I've got coming in looks a bit blurred um, and they came back straight away with a charge cancelled I thought God that was easy so I, I could have done that with this one so I'm, I think your best defence might be to query the quality of the AMPR camera. And go if it's not if it's a bit blurred if it was at night time I can't really make that out can you show me a clearer picture please and they they might show you a clearer picture or they might go oh we've got one here just knock it on the head don't know anyway we'll see comments please has it happened to you um right so thirteen forty one so you get your timestamp enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at betmgm sign up using code champion and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet when you register with betmgm you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features live betting options and the best daily promotions in the business and with betmgm at your fingertips every play and every game matters more than ever remember to use code champion and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets 
if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match, with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Um, easy day or way to run in January. Yeah, um, it's just something I do sometimes, particularly near the end of the week, where if I've been killing myself, you know, knocking, knocking, knocking myself out, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, come Thursday, Thursday or Thursday afternoon, Friday, Friday I get an easy day. I get one job going distance, motorway miles, because I know that it's going to be one pickup, one drop off, and I'm done. And I won't get my day's money, but I'll get near on my day's money. And all I've got to do is pick it up at 8 o'clock in the morning, drop it off by lunchtime, and then toodle home with an audio book and a bit of Spotify, and I'm done. And it's, it's that's the week finished. And I do that sometimes. And that also happens a lot in January because there isn't a the work there. So the idea is get one job in the morning that you know is going to earn you a decent amount of money. It won't get you your full money, but it'll earn you a decent amount of money. And then if you don't get anything else for the rest of the day, you don't have to worry. And if you do, brilliant, because that takes the steam off the next day. So Shane Hardy says, do what you can, when you can, and have a fallback plan for the beginning of the year. Um, all to keep money flowing in and keep you out of the wife's hair. We've done a video on that before, that may be reminder. How to keep the wife, I've got a link. How to keep your wife happy when running on the career exchange. Because, you know, happy wife, happy life and all that kind of stuff. Or if you're a lady trucker, happy husband, happy life. It's not so easy being out on the road all the time, you know. So, um, Hong Kong Fui says, work when it's busy. Then take your summer holiday in January. Yeah, I used to do that. My, my family always used to do that. We used to work all the way through the summer because we were market traders and it was busy then. So my parents would go on holiday in February. I'm an only child. We would go on, Febu- uh, on holiday in February and we would go places where there was no other kids. <laughs> I just to, Once I made friends with a lady with one leg. 
pushed around in a wheelchair. It's really nice. Um, yeah, things you do with your kids, you know. But uh, yeah, and, and in fairness, I don't. I haven't had a holiday this year. I've worked all the way through the year since the COVID thing, and the travels become a pain. And just because of the setup, if I go on holiday, I kind of have to end up paying for four people, like you know, which is a bit of a stretch. Um, although, I had good news with the mortgage, it's come down. Thank God, it's come down. It's come down like almost a whole percent. So it's, it's still high, but it's not. I'm, I'm just very, very scared. For those of you who watch the freelance trucking videos, you know all about that. Um, yeah, that was really good news on Friday. But where was I? Yeah, so I had my holiday at Christmas. And I, go, I work all year round. And then, of course, you get to Christmas, you go, mm, could put a couple of days in between. Nope. <laughs> so, yeah, I reckon I will probably ease up. I, the way I'm looking at it at the moment, we've got three weeks left. But on Monday morning, I've got a load on for Southampton. It was kicked in. Um, but by Tuesday, I've got a four-day week and two full weeks left. But the last week doesn't count because things start to shut. 22nd, 23rd, particularly with Christmas Eve now being on a Saturday. That Friday, I don't think a lot's going to be going on. So by, Monday, by Tuesday morning, I've got one full week left and two Mickey Mouse weeks. Just keep trying to get there. I'm totally looking forward to the rest. I'll probably still make the videos. Um, or I'll just record them and schedule them. Um, Luke Berry says, enjoyed the video. Um, I'd like a little advice on how quiet it actually goes. As I've heard folks say that January, February is very quiet since coming into the industry only May this year. I obviously have no experience of how quiet it is. After hearing the doom stories, I'm already planning on going back into the industry I came out of, of 20 years plus, um, for those two months just to keep the money coming in for my young family and I prefer not to. Well, Luke, I'll be honest with you, mate, you should be okay. There are ways and means around working in January. Like we've already covered that with the easy job. I always found, back in the day when I was in a van, that there was work. There wasn't as much work. Over the, between Christmas and New Year, there'll be alcohol work. You know, picking up from, um, what's it called, Matthew William, Matthew, what's it called? And I've had a few of those, but just be prepared. I, I would say try not to go too far. Because you may end up going some distance and then coming back empty and going, all the money I've just earned on that job, I've lost in diesel. Or, so the little local jobs could be good. You might want to go a little bit keener. I'm not saying slash your prices, but maybe drop it, I don't know, drop it a five or drop it a tenner. Telephone telephone calls. We've done a video on how to um, on, the, on how to win jobs and stuff like that, I think. If, if it's there, I'll, I'll post it. Um or do that thing where you try and get enough money out of your first job, try and get one, but you should be okay. And the whole idea of going back to doing something that you hated before, I really hope you don't have to do it. So I can't, I can't tell you exactly how it's going to be because it changes all the time. It's not, as, it's not as busy now as it was before the lockdown. It's obviously busier than it was during the lockdown, but it's not as busy as it was before the lockdown. Um, I hope it's okay. That's all I can say. I, I really hope you get through it. But it's not too bad. There is work. It's not like nothing. There is work. Just, I'd say, seventy percent of the work that you would expect on a normal day on a week back after Christmas, maybe fifty percent, slowly increasing every day, because it gets busy as people get back. Um, white white man in the van says, <clears throat> Ah, yes. He says, I've raised this with another YouTuber. When you talk about targets, you say things like how much per day and how much per week, but you give turnover numbers. Turnover is vanity. Uh, it's all about profit and cash. As we used to say, uh, turnover is vanity, profit is sanity. 
Uh, too many people who join this industry because you give these big numbers but without context. If you get £400 a day, what's the profit on that once you remove fuel, insurance, subscriptions, maintenance, rainy day savings, tax, etc.? I would think that it would really help people to realise it's really easy to end up working 10, 12 hours a day. And even though you turn over £1,000 a week, realistically, you only make about £7 an hour after your overheads and enjoy some videos. I, I'm in a bit of a difficult situation with this one in the fact that I have always spoke money and I'm not a great fan of speaking money. My dad always installed in me. He said, you don't, don't, don't count money in public. Just, no, no, don't. And you say, I took, no, just, just. But to give people a genuine idea of what's going on, I can't not. Because if, I just, if I'm vague about it, they go, yeah, it's lovely, but can you drill down to it? And I do do many, many videos on this. I was saying that, you know, I've always said the best van to run in on the exchange is a loot and curtain with a tail lift because you can make the most money. If you should be running on anything, you should be running in an 18-ton truck, double curtain side with a tuck under tail lift because that is the most versatile vehicle on the exchange and the easiest way to make dough. <coughs> Having said that, lorries are involved. Transport managers, parking, operators' licenses, maintenance costs, all this kind of stuff. You've got to be on top of it, and it is a, it's a pain. It makes more money, but it is a pain. Um, yeah, and absolutely, it is just turnover. And so if, you, if you're daft enough to think, oh, well, who's take 350 quid? I'd like to have £350 a day. You want to pay my diesel bill? My diesel bill at the end of the week at the moment is kicking around 4K. That's not just for me. We've got um, five trucks on the road. But once you drill into it, this is why, if you're running a lorry, you have to have figures. I have my target is 400 quid a day because I know I'll make good profit on that. Um, I really want 500 pound a day. If I go out, if we, if, we, if we send a truck out for a day and it makes 250 quid, that covers its costs. That covers the driver, the tax, the insurance, all that. That, that just that, that pays its wages, like you know. That doesn't earn any money. So be aware that there is an overhead on all of this, and you should know your bottom line. You should know all this kind of stuff. Know what your diesel's costing. Take your insurance, divide it by twelve. It's different for everybody. So I can't turn around and go, if you take this much money, you'll earn this much. If, because there's a big difference between driving to Wales and there is than driving the Milton Keynes. Milton Keynes, stop, 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 doing the brakes, doing the clutch. Wales, motorway miles. There's it's too many imponderables, but the man is totally right. Don't hear that figure and go, oh, yeah, lovely. He's took 500 quid. He makes £2,500 a week. No, I don't. No, I don't make anything like that. By the end of it, I mean, I would say, on average... You want to take away 35% of your turnover and stick it to one side. And that should cover all of your expenses and the rainy day money. If you're not doing that, then you're doing something wrong. <coughs> or it could come back and bite you. We'll see. Um, that was what we called the conveyor belt of fools. <laughs> um, and Leech 100 says, uh, 001 says, uh, just Leech. He says, I'm taking my holiday in January, so I'm off to India for a couple of months. Well, I'm sure the weather will be lovely, my friend. <laughs> have a wonderful time, have a nice relax and come back. That makes some sense, doesn't it? If you could, I know so that taxi driver makes mine used to do that. They used to work all year round, and then they'd disappear off to Thailand in January and come back in March. Because they said it's mega cheap to live out there. They say it's mega cheap to live out there, and then they play golf where it costs a fortune. I don't know. I've never been to Thailand. They tell me it's lovely. So, emissions. We're still on the emissions thing. Uh, the main name guy says, 
The only way to sort out the emission zone charges is for drivers to down tools and go on strike for the third week in December every year, just like the posties and the train drivers, etc. At the moment, the train drivers and the posties, uh, most of the public sector are on strike or will be soon, but courier drivers don't strike. Why? Or, or courier drivers should choose not to bid on the courier exchange for one day, nothing will go anywhere that day. You know the problem with that. We all know the problem with that. And that's basic human nature where there'll be some people that are going, yeah, but if no one else is doing it, think how much money I can make doing it. We're not organised. We're not organised. We're not part of a union. We don't actually work together. We work as individuals, which has its pro, which has its pluses and its rights. It's very nice to be self-employed because no one tells you what to do. At the same time, you've got no, you've got no safety net. If anything goes wrong, you're on your own, sir. That's why you should be putting 35% on one side. Um... Yeah, it's, it's a lovely idea, and it probably would get us somewhere, but it's never going to happen. <laughs> no, well, you never know. I'm on a union representative. Power the people. I'm working on it. Um, Ludd says, I think that the clean air argument should also be challenged. For example, for the last 30 years, and probably more, statistics show that people in London and the South East have a higher life expectancy. People that live in London and the South East live up to 10 years longer than people in other parts of the country, North, West, etc., that kind of thing. Um, it's, the, it's the part the most, it's part with the most cars, buses, tra buses, trains, houses, gas boilers, airports, traffic, all crammed into one small area. That's a lot of pollution. And yet the residents leave on average 10 years longer than they do in some rural, rural Wales, Scotland or Lancashire. Where the, the air is terrible in London, whereas in, obviously it's led to belief. Or is the government just a cash cow? The clean air argument doesn't add up, not statistically anyway. I would argue that there probably is an argument for clean air. I am not against clean air. I am not against the environment. I am very pro the environment. I do think we should be reducing our emissions. Um, and I am pro this sort of green environment thing anyway. And also there are other reasons. An argument can be made that there are other reasons why people outside of London don't live as long. They probably don't have the same access to health care. They probably... Um, you know, in rural parts, it, it, can, it can be tougher. If, if they've not got the same... Because they're not in the capital, they might not be earning quite so much money, which means the food that they buy might not be as healthy. Or they might live less than healthy lifestyles as a result of their location or because of their life choices. I don't know. But my point is not, I am not anti-green, anti anti-clean air. What I am anti is the people that are saying it's a clean air charge when it isn't, where they're saying that vehicles that are older can't come in despite the fact that their actual output is cleaner than newer and the whole thing about electric vehicles and everyone's telling me it's clean it might be clean for the area that they're running in but how much environmental damage are we doing creating the things in the first place that's the problem i've got um glue eugen says um I, so I hate the guys who move into the city centre and then complain about noise and pollution. Be honest with yourself. If you want peace and quiet, move to a small hamlet. You cannot have um, the benefits of living in a big city without a trade-off. You have millions to spend on a home. I need to pay the price to deliver my parcel to your door. So, uh, yeah, I had that once. I was working on the market and then a lady moved into the flat next door and then she would complain about the noise on my radio. Okay, well, I was in my mid-20s. It might have been a little bit loud. But I had to go, I have been here. The market's been here for hundreds and hundreds of years. You don't move to Heathrow and then uh, and complain about the noise of the aeroplanes. There was a thing on the radio, wasn't there, about some uh, some some uh, club. In, it was in Manchester, I think, and it might be shut down because it, the club had been there for 200 years, like, for like, I don't know, 60, 70 years. Someone had moved into the, the flat next door and complained about the noise from the club. And I went, you can't do that. You can't move 
<laughs> to an area and then, you know, move next to a nightclub and then complain that it plays music till two o'clock in the morning. You must have known what you were letting yourself in for, but they took it seriously. And there is this thing where apparently they take you so seriously that whole places have been, cl- have been shut down on one complaint. And I think there needs to be a balance struck on that one because that just doesn't make any sense. That makes no sense to me whatsoever. Guy Garvey was in there saying, this place is a hub for like creative talent. Are we going to drop it down because someone's moved in and they're moaning about a noise? Mm. Um, Anvil Logistics says, petition signed. Thank you, mate. Peter Dyer signed the petition. W388. Um, says, Peter, I've just had my truck diverted inside the M25. Oh, also, the Peter says, uh, Peter Dyer says, I've signed your petition, nice one. Uh, more tax against the working class. Pete's up to 155. Over that now. Like I say, I've been asking it up to 200. Let's follow the link to the website, petercove.com, or follow the link down below. I'll put it in there again. And um, if, if you know anybody who's affected by this, please sign a petition because it's our chance of actually, somebody might think, it, it might make them think a bit. It might stop it. It might not stop what's already there, but it might stop, might think twice about moving forward. If politicians think that um, policies are unpopular, they're less likely to implement them because they don't want to lose their role in Parliament because then they can't make decisions and because most of them just... I don't know. I'm not even going to go there. Um, 388 says, so I've just had my truck diverted inside the M25 due to protesters shutting the motorway. Two fines, first 100 and 250, second equals 500. Now, I'm not quite sure why that's 250. But what I would have done in that situation, I don't know if you paid them already, but I would have appealed that. We did have one. Gordon got pulled off the motorway and had to go into London, and we were ready for the fine to come in, and it never actually did because maybe they they turned the camera off, but I would have kept the fine. And then what you do, if you get if you get in, diverted inside the CAS, keep your, in, keep your job. Say, so, look, I was going from here. I was going to here. I was on this route. The, the, the motorway was shut. They pushed me off the motorway. I had nowhere else to go. And I'd fight that one. I'd take that one to court. I'd go right the way to the end on that one, because I think they're going to turn around and say, you can't divert me off the motorway into a, into a mission zone that I'm not allowed to go into, and then fire me for going into the zone. But I don't know where you stand with that one. I just hope you get your money back. Espy um, says, I could understand it if it was commercials were, were exempt, but, um, but we can get on public transport with our goods. I'm all for shoppers and commuters going on public transport and minimising congestion. Just another tax on everyone instead of targeting the people who could be using public transport. My van's Euro 5, and I'm in London quite a lot, um, always central. It's £27.50 a day now, but I've got no choice or I lose the work. I don't quite understand where you're going with the public transport thing, I'll be honest with you, but I totally understand with the Euro 5 thing. And yet, do you see what happens? So you're, you're driving in... So it's going to cost you £27.50 a day, which presumably is the congestion charge and the emission zone charge. So when you put your job price in, you put your price in at £30 dearer. And everybody, so rather, if you're thinking, well, if I'm delivering to, I don't know, if I'm delivering to Milton Keynes, you get it for 80 quid. If I'm delivering it to central London, it's £110. And everybody goes, yeah, we'll pay it. But it's inflationary. So you put these zone charges in to earn money, and then everybody puts their prices up. And so, every, you know... They get more money, but then everything costs more money. So the money that you earn extra from the zones only goes to pay for the things that you're paying for before because they've all gone up. So it doesn't actually get you anywhere in the end. It just puts everything... It's just inflationary. But people can't think. Um, Finally, from Steve Campbell, he says, um, I'm not allowed in the CAS or the LEZ, although I got into Bradford on Friday and my boss got a fine. (laughs) Never mind, Steve. (laughs) 
at least you're not going in there much anymore. So, right, we're on to the wise guys now. Bit of a long one today. Um, living with this says, wait, so if you run out of driver's hours in your truck, at, um, oh, that's why we're on the wise guys. I might need some advice on this one. At your employment, you're not allowed to drive your own personal car. Or like I said, you can't drive that, or you can't drive that. Uh, you can't drive the, the car that the person who came to rescue you in. But I guess how would the police know, unless you're involved in a massive accident? Well, this is true. If uh, they're only, you're only going to, it's only going to come on top if you get caught. You know, if you if there's something wrong with the lorry and you drive it and then you don't declare it and then you get it fixed, no one then it just goes by the wayside. But if there's something with the lorry, you drive it and it crashes. They're going to go, well, why were you driving it when the steering didn't work? Um, and the way it works is, and I've always found this very bizarre, it's, it's the difference between work and this is what Daniel told me. He said, if if you run out of hours in the truck and they send a car to rescue you, so they send another driver and the driver gets in your lorry and then you get in the car and you drive the car back to the yard, you can be done because you're still working and you're still driving on work time. Even though you haven't got a card in, you're still driving on work time. If, however... You run out of driver's hours, and then you get back to the yard, and some uh, uh, they, say they, uh, a driver appears, gets gets a train, drives you back to the yard. You're a passenger, and then or, or the car comes and with two drivers, and they drive you back to the yard. Then you get in the yard into your own personal car and drive it an hour home because you've got an hour commute home. That's fine. Which is weird. I find it all kind of odd, but I guess they make the rules that they can. But no, it's just, as I understand it, if you run out of driver's hours. You can't even drive the rescue car home. That's you're done for the driving for the day. Because, you know, you're tired and you could have an accident. <sighs> and tell me if I'm wrong on that one, guys. That's the, um, that's the wise guys. And this one is trucks. Um, just a quick one on trucks. Uh, Stumpy Yeastwood says, he says, I'm about to start working with curtain side lorries and I wasn't sure, but I am now. We've done videos on this. We've done how to open... Um, a dummy's guide to how to work and curtains. He's um, just passed lady truck driver, watched it as well. It was all based on a truck driver lady called Hayley. Um, she, I watched her videos. She's done well, I think. She's got like 17, 18,000 subscribers, I think. I don't tend to watch anyone's channel. But, um, yeah, she's um, she showed me out. I just watched her video, and I just thought, well, I'll show you what I've learned. I probably could do another one. Since then, I've learned even more about how to open curtains. I might do a third one. Maybe we'll do that one. Let's just put a, a, a thing in for a video there. Um, yeah, don't be moving forward. And finally, we're on the miscellaneous now. Very short ones today on, on the sections. So, on the miscellaneous this week, domain name guy says, um, I reckon the EMDR is being used, oh, um, used in trucks, and I wouldn't be surprised if Force Gold didn't require it as more companies are using cab cameras and standard digi-tachographs and now having GPS and digi-card drivers being read remotely whilst the driver's driving down the motorway. I'm almost certainly that EMDR, I think that's something to do with the traffic police, isn't it? Um, it's being secretly used in truck cabs, which could tell a person if he's going to fall asleep at the wheel before they do, etc. I don't know how much of it can be read um, remotely. I mean, I've got a brand new taco in my cab at the moment. I did a video on it. It's coming out soon. Um, I had to get the taco head replaced because the old one didn't was wasn't working. It was on its way out, basically. And, okay, it's pretty much exactly the same as a new one, except for the fact it now tells it actually calculates how much driving time I've got left, which is fine. It's lovely, but I know how much I've got left. I figured that one out years ago. 
Um, but it doesn't seem to have any kind of Bluetooth connectivity or GPS function. So how they would be able to read, unless they've got, unless there's a chip in it which they can read, you know, like um, like the chip where, the, where it opens up the barriers on the um, the underground. I have no idea how they would read it. I sometimes think that the traffic police say that they've got more than they have. Oh, we've got weights in the road. Oh, no, they don't. You just drive past and look at the springs. Um, we've got this, we've got that. To make you more careful because you're frightened that you might, you know, you're more obvious than you are. I don't know if they have the technology that they claim they do, but in the meantime, if you do everything right, it doesn't really matter, does it? Um, Nick says, there's a new thing now. Um, pay the CX £10 a month and they will show you the prices the job went for, whatever next. Now, I was always anti that. I don't think that's true. And Hong Kong Fui comes in with, I don't think it shows what jobs went for, just the average price per mile for jobs in your area. It's a dumb idea which will force bid prices down. What next? one arm Bandit app. Yeah, no, I know what he's saying. I, I suppose that's what I said to him. Why can't we see what the jobs went for? I think when I saw him ages ago. And they said and they said exactly the same thing. If people see what jobs go for, it will drive the prices down. They go, oh, I'll beat that next time. I'll beat that next time. I don't know if that's true. I find that a lot of the time, if you see the same job coming up all the time, and it sells for the same price all the time, then you go, right, I know what that job sells for. I'm going to put that price in. But you probably wouldn't, would you? Go, oh, I'm going to go five underneath it just to make sure I get the edge. Um, yeah, maybe. I don't know. But um, as for prices, what the average price per mile is in your area, £10 a month, nah. Keep your money. Keep your money. Pay them as little as you possibly can and just um, work it out yourself. It won't be too hard. Um, uh, Bell Sization says, he enjoys the show. He said, could you please discuss the stupid idea of customers dictating terms of payment, i.e. 90 days payment terms. Since we're the ones providing the service, it should be us, the hauliers, that should set payment terms. Maybe the next time I go to my local supermarket or restaurant, I will tell them I'll take their goods and services, but I will pay them between 30 and 90 days. I thought the CX had outlawed 90-day payments, because let's face it, if you've had to wait three months to get paid from your customer, unless you're Tesco's, so who's got that kind of power, like, you know? So um, I always thought it was a 60-day maximum, and there was an argument saying it should be brought down to 30 days. But even the 60 days can be extended to 90 days by the time they get to the end of 60 days, and then you chase them. Then they say, we haven't had the POD. And then we go, oh, yeah, we have had the POD. And then you're on the next payment run, and before you know it, you've waited three months to get paid. Um I, I, I used to look at payment terms. I don't anymore because I have Al ringing me up and going, right, stop bidding on jobs from these people because they don't pay. And you've got to bear in mind, if you're a shipper and you pay late, eventually people will cotton onto you and they will start, and then you'll stop getting less and less bids because people are getting fed up of having to chase you for the money, in which case the price of your jobs will go up. So if you are a shipper and you are listening, please pay on time. Also, a lot of us are lowly courier drivers. It was me four years ago, one man in a van, trying to pull myself out of a massive nosedive. I was right on the floor. People paying me late. I was lucky I had a factoring company. But if I didn't have a factoring company, I could have been in trouble again for something that isn't my fault. So if you do us a favour, guys, if you can, please pay on time or early. Pay early. People love people to pay early. You'll get cheaper bids if you pay early. You watch. Um, and finally, Ian Coyne says, um, Costco, fuels, Costco fuel has additives and it's five to six people cheaper than supermarkets. If you can get, get the cheapest one you can, anywhere you can. So in conclusion, finally, guys, um, I'll... I'm going to do a video next week. It's kind of for the kid. If you're still listening, um, it's to do with some Christmas giveaway she's done. She's done it for the homeless. It's to do with her thing. 
and um, it's it hasn't had the pickup that we hoped for. It's, it's basically it's like she's giving away seven hundred. She's been donated through a interior design thing about seven hundred quid's worth of gear, and she put it out to loads. Had loads and loads of views, but not that many things. So I'm going to put that one out. It's a bit of an indulgence. I apologise for that, you know. But I, I, I've got to do it for the kid, you know. And finally, the last week, last word this week goes to Shane Hardy, who said that's a nice pen, Pete. You don't get to keep the pen if I've told you that if you say it's a nice pen, you get to keep the pen. You only get to keep it if you don't know it. Although we are still doing the Career Drive Awards, like I say, if anyone's got um, any stories about uh, the most painful drop-off or the, the easiest drop-off or the worst directions or any painful stories, please put them in the comments because I'm now going to start accumulating when they come in and they will go on the Career Drive Awards at the end of next year. But we're not at the end of this year yet. We've still got three weeks left to go. Three weeks to take care and take money. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.